Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, April 14th, and this is your FT News Briefing. A leading cryptocurrency company hits the public markets today, and the Eurozone's economy proves resilient despite the latest coronavirus lockdowns. Plus, Toshiba's CEO has stepped down amid a boardroom coup and a private equity bidding war for the Japanese conglomerate. What's at stake here is the future of a 146-year-old company with a huge amount of heritage in Japan and, and one that the Tokyo Stock Exchange has been battling to keep public. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Markets are looking at a blockbuster listing, a direct listing on the Nasdaq today. Coinbase operates the largest U.S. cryptocurrency exchange. It makes money from the fees it charges investors to hold and trade Bitcoin and other digital currencies. And the company estimated it oversees about 11% of the total cryptocurrency market. Now, it's part of value of the company, but given the current excitement that's driven up the value of cryptocurrencies, and based on what Coinbase shares have been trading at on private exchanges, One estimate says the company could have a market cap of $74 billion, which would make it more valuable than the parent company of the New York Stock Exchange. There's major corporate drama unfolding in Japan right now. Three private equity firms have been battling to buy one of Japan's most well-known companies. Toshiba. It would be the biggest ever leveraged buyout deal in Japan if it happens. But yesterday, Toshiba's insiders staged a boardroom coup to block a takeover and ousted the company's CEO. So for any listeners who are interested in corporate intrigue, in boardroom plotting, in the chess games that that private equity dealmakers often play, and ultimately in politics, really, I mean, this story has everything. Kay Wiggins is the FT's private capital correspondent. She caught me up on what's been happening with Toshiba, a company that the world knows for its TVs and laptops. But Toshiba also operates Japan's nuclear plants. Toshiba has had a difficult few years. Uh, That dates back at least to 2015 when it was embroiled in a, a profit padding scandal. And since then, its US nuclear business, Westinghouse, has been forced into bankruptcy. Toshiba's had to do a fire sale of its memory chip business. It also had to do a kind of emergency share issuance. And that was what brought the activist investors into the picture. And that's kind of where its recent problems began. So, Kay, now we have three big private equity firms circling around Toshiba. The first was CVC, then KKR came in with a rival bid, and another U.S. private equity giant, Brookfield, also became interested. Uh, What would it mean for Japan if one of these firms succeeded in buying Toshiba? I mean, what's at stake here is the future of a 146-year-old company with a huge amount of heritage in Japan and and one that the Tokyo Stock Exchange has been battling to keep public, you know, even after a recent series of difficulties. Any sale that kind of took this company private would just be absolutely huge for corporate Japan because although private equity has been increasingly gaining a foothold there, it's never actually done a deal that involves such a kind of strategically important household name, um, particularly the fact that this company operates the, the nuclear plants in Japan is, is very significant. So does this then open the door to more private equity in Japan? Yeah, I think it does. If this deal were to go ahead, I mean, obviously, you could look at it the opposite way around and say if this was stopped, then maybe it's potentially a stumbling block for, for private equities push into, into Japan. Who knows? But 
certainly private equity has been increasingly keen to do deals in Japan lately, um, you know, partly because you can typically access quite cheap funding and the companies you buy over there typically have quite steady cash flows. So, you know, one one private equity uh, advisor that we spoke to described this particular deal to us as kind of the deal of the century for them because of how, you know, how much it would mark their ability to, to get into this market. And I think that that is sort of quite quite widely how this deal would be viewed in Japan. Kay Wiggins is the FT's private capital correspondent. Parts of Europe are experiencing a new wave of coronavirus infections and subsequent lockdowns to try and contain it. But this time around, the Eurozone seems to be more economically resilient. The FT's Frankfurt bureau chief, Martin Arnold, has been looking at the data and describes what's been happening in the Eurozone's economy. Visits to retail or entertainment venues have uh, been increasing since the start of this year up to the end of of March, even though a lot of countries have been uh, over that period in partial lockdowns. Also, the mobility data on people going to work has has been picking up um, quite substantially. And that has also been backed up by a lot of the survey data that we've seen the purchasing managers index, as well as uh, surveys of companies and investors have all pointed to uh, a much milder impact from these lockdowns on economic activity, particularly than we had in the first round of lockdowns last year. So that's, I suppose, relatively encouraging, although if you're taking a global view, it's that the Europe is still lagging behind. So why do you think that this time around, lockdowns are less damaging? Are Are people just sick of the virus and going out and stimulating the economy? Are people in businesses adapting? Is the idea of a vaccine helping this along? What's going on? I think businesses have got a lot better at coping with lockdowns. So, for instance, retailers have improved their online offerings. More people are able to to do a lot of their shopping online. Restaurants, for instance, have got better at offering um, takeout and takeaway and delivery. The second point I would make is companies, uh, particularly in the manufacturing sector, have really benefited from the dramatic rebound in global trade. And that's been driven by China initially, but now we're starting to see it be driven by the US as well, which is recovering very strongly. So that helps a export-focused economy like the Eurozone, where there's a lot of uh, reliance on on exports. So that boosts manufacturing companies, but it also boosts services companies that supply services and, and support those manufacturing businesses. So there's an overall halo effect from the rest of the world recovering fast is actually helping helping Europe in that respect. And the third point I would make is just to say that there is probably a slight um, over-optimism from some of these surveys and some of these mobility data because people, I think, are looking ahead to it and anticipating the recovery many people are forecasting and that people expect to happen once vaccinations get to a certain threshold. Martin Arnold is the FT's Frankfurt bureau chief. Thank you as always, Martin. Great. Thank you very much. And as Europeans still navigate pandemic life, many Chinese consumers have put the pandemic in their rearview mirror. And they're shopping, buying luxury goods from brands like Louis Vuitton and Dior. The world's biggest luxury conglomerate, France's LVMH, owns those brands and just beat analyst forecasts with first quarter sales up 
30% from last year. If trends continue, its revenue could exceed pre-pandemic levels. Chinese consumers may also be snapping up luxury goods at home because they still can't travel to European capitals to shop. And it's not just Chinese consumers. Affluent Americans are also enjoying a high-end shopping spree and boosting the bottom line for LVMH. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.